Welcome to the Swim Swam Breakdown. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you today from Columbus, Ohio. More on that in the future. We're joined by Braden Keith, Swim Swim Editor-in-Chief and Olympic Champion Tom Shields from Berkeley, California. What's up, Tom? How's it going? Tom, who's that Who's that on your mug? Tuesday. Uh, G, that, the one you can see, that's G, and then us, and then me. Are this one's real, or is that photoshopped? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is where we got, or this is definitely not where we got them. I'm, I'm being a bad fisherman, but I like this one better because it's like a pano. Yeah, that's it's cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, Dude, welcome to the podcast, nice. Tom. And we're starting out with an area of expertise for Mr. Shields, the World Cup. Uh, it was a shortened series this year. Only three stops, right? Berlin, Toronto, <coughs> and Indianapolis. Uh, first off, I just want to start with who was your standout swimmer of the series? Obviously, we had Beta Nelson and Dylan Carter as the overall winners on the men's and women's sides. Uh, but who really stood out to you over the entire three cup series? Dylan to me. I, I love that guy. I'm so happy for him. I think he was able to hone in on some that could produce results and it did. And it, you, you rarely see that, especially at the cup level. Yeah, he was good. He won a lot of races. I think people don't realize how good of a swimmer he is because he's a 50 butterflyer, essentially, that is working out. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's a, I, th- I think this was like a big moment for him to show that he's a great swimmer. Is it lazy to say Katie Ledecky? She broke two world records. <laughs> I think that people in that caliber, and now I feel comfortable enough to say I can really only put her but it's like she's done so good in this sport that everyone's like, oh, cool, like, whatever. Just let her. <laughs> it's like no one cares, and it's, like, so frustrating. It's like, no, that's dope. So, I like, every time she does something, like, her specifically, and, and then a few others throughout history, but right now her, like, I'll always hit her up and be like, hey, that was sick. Because I know that, like, she's probably getting the least congrats to world record ratios at this point. <laughs> Well, the, the so fact like, that, she, that she almost got one on a split, on an 800-meter <laughs> split, like, I think that's what made it kind of video game times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially because Belmonte broke that, I think, in 2014. Like, it was old. Was and in, Yeah. It was peak Maria. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like, you know, we, we know that that's not, that event isn't competed a ton, right? Especially on, like, the super international stages, but it's like, it's a world record that's been around for nearly a decade and she just yeah. took it down in season. Okay. So, so if we eliminate the obvious Katie Ledecky, uh, Bella Sims, who obviously we all knew was a great swimmer doing some stupid things in the, the backstroke races, doing some different races. I mean, if I am an, a female athlete under the age of 20, I am figuring out how to move to Las Vegas and train for Ron Aiken. I mean, he, he's just, he's just hitting like every time to you, to use an appropriate analogy, he's like coming up, uh, coming up on a full house every time. What's the, what's the, the gambling analogy I'm trying to come up with? <laughs> Royal flesh. With yeah. I mean, he's, he's coming up aces every single time. Just, yeah. Just always sevens. Right. Um, <laughs> or the opposite. Uh, yeah. I think it's pretty cool to see that in the States. Is she going to move on to a program? I don't, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with her well, situation. Yeah. That's she's committed to Florida. She's committed to Florida. Got it, got it, got it. Senior in high school, you, committed to Florida. You've yeah. seen a few, like, chances. And then I would say, like, Michael uh, Andrews has been the one to kind of, like, shirk that. Um, whereas, like, you know, with Missy or whatever. But, like, yeah, it would be cool to see. It's cool to see that happen with Ron. I think that that has been, like, an undertone thing that, like, people can no longer ignore in the U.S. And, I, and I'd love to see that. Um, like, a club team do that. <clears throat> And, you know, I honestly, I know Ron wants to move on to college. I, I He has indicated many times yeah. that he he's very interested in the right college job. And who can blame him, right? The money becomes huge if you're a top college coach. Mm-hmm. Um, the influence becomes huge. You can work with tons and tons of star swimmers and all that's all great. I think there's still room for a club coach like him. Um, you know, we still have obviously Bella Sims, we still have elite, elite athletes that are not Mm. at the college level yet and they need somewhere to be. And, you know, I hope that somebody finds a way to keep him at the club level where he can continue to do this sort of important role. You know, I, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but like, I think we've undervalued the, the progression of coaching in this country. Um, and we look a lot at the guy at the top, but we don't, 
look at who gets them there. And I think we should find a way to support people like Ron staying where they've already shown that they're superstars. You know, uh, Carly Ann Fierro, who was Kate Douglas's age group coach until she was 14, moved on to another club. She's turned out tons of national age group record holders that all move oh, Claire on. Claire Weinstein, 14. who's yeah, now Claire at Weinstein. Sandpipers. Yeah. Right. And so, like, let's yep. find a way for it to make sense for her to keep coaching 10 to 13-year-olds because she's figured something out, right? I completely agree. And I think they're different skill sets. Like, I mean, um, Coach Andy, whose last name is is eluding me, at Nova. I mean, I'm an old hat, so I'm going on the old references, but she coached, like, you know, Beard, Pearsall, um, you know, at a very developmental age. And she's, like, stayed there. To the best of my knowledge, I don't really live in SoCal anymore. Um, and I think that that is, like, such an important mission in this country right now. It's like keeping developmental coaches that are great at it um, in developmental spots because that's where like they do well. And when it comes to women, now we're looking at like, we're back to the stage where like half our national team is high schoolers. So um, don't quote my numbers on that, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, the world record holder in the hundred men's hundred freeze 17, like, we're get, we're moving backwards in time, and I think it's time to outwardly admit that. And like the coaches, I was going to say the dudes, but because for the most part now that's what it is. The 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 coaches that are really good at moving people, the percentages eighteen and forward, um, exist, and we know them. We know all their names, and, and they're cool. I've worked with them for thirteen years, some of them. Um, but I don't think that that's like the only thing that matters. And I think that like we're done throwing paint at the wall or that's my goal and just like grinding kids to a pulp and then like find the genetic variances and then put them in these universities. Like, I think that that system will work because it's been working, but I think that like we're getting beat out <laughs> Kyle Chalmers. Um, we were Ubering back from Doha because um, we missed the bus and it was just him and me. And he like, we we're going to talk in and then all of a sudden he stops. Like, do you know that our population is smaller than LA? And I was like, yes, I do know that. And he's like, we get like almost the same medals. He's like, yes, no, I'm <laughs> extremely aware. I repeat this all the time, actually. That one like factoid to USA Swimming. And it's like, this is not the best way to do this. So I completely agree and applaud that. I got a shout out uh, for my standouts. This is recency bias, but this morning I was at Carmel Swim Club and they had a couple swimmers do really well. Uh, Alex Shackle, third, I think in both butterflies, but um, I think the 100 and 200 sophomore in high school obviously something is working for her her brother aaron is a senior cal commit and carmel's um, ridiculous right like anybody who's been to carmel it's as good as any college setup in the country it is yeah. it, i mean they have a great setup they have a 50 meter pool they're getting a new 50 meter pool built and then going to get renovations to the old 50 meter pool so they they're will eventually sophisticated. have two pools um drew kibler who uh did an interview with him that'll go up soon about going back to Carmel and why he really enjoys the culture there, him and Chris Plum's relationship. But, you know, he had some really good swims after moving back from Texas. Um, but then just seeing how Chris Plum, the head coach, runs that program, it's like they did a fly set that he ran a fly set this morning with the Shackle siblings. And the majority of it was like drills and skills work using all these different you know, wiffle balls and fins and paddles just to kind of get them into the right place. And then they did like, I don't know, 1500 worth of like, you know, good uh, fly effort. You know, it wasn't like a ton. It wasn't beat throwing pan against the wall and beating kids to a pulp. It was like, he was really thinking about what he was doing and how he was preparing them for the set. Well, and we're going to run an article soon um, about the regression in qualifying times for the Wisconsin High School State Championship meet, which is pretty stunning. And one coach there thinks we're seeing the come down of the Phelps generation. Um, so we're like running out of of kids who started swimming because of Michael Phelps and that we have to figure out a new way to engage young people into the sport and, and encourage them into the sport and get them to stay in the sport if we want to continue to see the 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 absolute insane times that we've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah. I think this is an okay conversation to have. I think I wish it was bigger news. Like if we're the NGB or, or the system that it's going to rely on population, then when that population goes down, that should be a huge concern. Right. And I think that like, cause that's going to affect fandom four years from now, that's going to affect, you know, everything forever. And it's like, yeah, I think the sports an open decline and it's like the least talked about news story 
in uh, in the world. Well, we'll That's open it up soon enough. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to the World Club Cup, but kind oh, of in the same, <laughs> kind of in the same vein. You know, it was only three stops this season, right? Um, mm-hmm. Usually, it's like six to eight. Uh, what did you guys think of this format? Do you think it'll go back to a bigger format? Do you, do you think Fino <laughs> liked the, only having three stops? On paper, I didn't think it, it was going to be enough. But watching it and watching people engage with it, people partially because it was in North America, but people were more engaged with this than they've been in the world with the World Cup in years. Um, and so until, to me, until the World Cup becomes a real all-star event again, I like this three-meet format because it's small enough for people to wrap their heads around. You know, when you had the clusters and the cluster scoring and then the series, the meat scoring, the cluster scoring, the series scoring, I think it was just like too much for people to follow, especially when it was just Alia Atkinson winning 80%, Katinka Hosu winning 80% of the women's races between them. And it's just, okay, another Katinka win, another Alia win, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the scam years were fun, though. If you could get involved in the scam, <laughs> they were fun for your for your accountant, right? I mean, yeah, they. Uh, it's why I was a professional. It was this weird thing that existed in my career. I was very lucky, like how um, I would say, like the seventeen and eighteen graduating classes ran into the ISL and just got really lucky with that. Um, I got really lucky in that era. Like I remember, I, I only did four meets in twenty fourteen, and I think I made more than um, think. I can't. I don't know the exact. I can't remember the exact numbers, but oh, wow. like when I because I had sponsor money back then too. Um, towards the cups, so it was pretty dope. Um, those were g- the great days. Um, yeah, Maria Belmonte, like 2014 was cool. Um, and I'm an old man, you know, so I'm like, oh, that was sick. But no, this is uh, yeah, they basically ran one cluster, right? And I think the three day meets definitely make a toll, but then it lets people use them more as like championship qualification phases. And so, like, if I had a gripe, it would be like, can we go back to two days? Because I thought that was cooler um, as a product. Like, and I, I mean, I'm an ISL guy, so like the least, the, the fewer sessions, the better has definitely been my feedback for for decades. But I think like I don't know, yeah, last year like nobody like even like I swept the flies and like there was no bonuses, no one even knows. It was like um, a few Australians hanging out before Worlds because yeah. they didn't want to go home, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, they were stuck outside. And then I did them because I was like, well, I'm, you know, I want to secure some some money here. And um, I mean, I had some like the 50 flies were just as competitive this year. I couldn't put it together this year. But uh, yeah, it seemed like more people were watching probably because of the vacuum that ISL created. Do you think yeah. after this year they will return to the U.S.? I mean, we hadn't seen the World Cup in Indy or in the U.S. since like 2004, I want to say, like long time. Did say what? Sell a lot of tickets. I, well, I didn't know because he missed it because his flight was delayed. <laughs> there was 50 mile an like, hour winds. Yeah, it didn't look like 2015 duel, which was like the coolest I've ever seen. Pooey pooey. Mm. Um, and they didn't have that one stand section either. I, one of the finals nights when I watched one of the replays, it was like, but I don't know. You know, that's just one shot. So who knows? <laughs> But if that, I mean, half of half of Indy is basically Austin or Greensboro or yeah, wherever. That's a good so. point. It is, I mean, it is one of the bigger meets by definition outside of trials. Yeah, Sadly. I mean, I would I would think that just because of the the caliber of athlete that it pulled, they would want to come back to North America because, like, even Toronto was like a huge meet and got a lot of people. It was kind of like this melding the pot Americans of can commit to it. I think they'll come back. Yeah, right? that seems that just seems obvious from a, a FINA perspective. Agreed. Yeah, and it just depends, and I don't know. Um, it just depends on what USA Swimming's extra costs were versus like a pro swim, because I know that they're not a huge fan of like putting money behind what brings foreigners in. They really want to like keep it their their dollar to USA promotion pretty high. Keeping it in Indianapolis, um, 2024 Olympic trials. I had the chance to talk to USA Swimming CCO Shana Ferguson about their kind of kickoff that coincided with the World Cup in Indy, what they're doing right now to prepare for this meet that's you know less than two years, but I think over a year and a half away. Um, one of the one of the bottom line facts that I thought was interesting, it's going to be a nine day meet, 30,000 seat capacity per session. Uh, how do you think they'll have to change their marketing or, or just their general outlook uh, from trials past? to sell out this meet, um, which is obviously their goal. I think they're going to have to do, I think in Omaha, they relied upon, especially by 2021, I think they relied upon 
everybody knows what happens when you come to come to Omaha. Everybody knows where the parties are going to be. Everybody knows where Swim Swam's going to be, where the Olympians are going to be, um, where the College World Series crowd is going to be, where they can go drink with baseball guys. I think in Indy, they're going to have to do more work to explain what what your week is going to look like outside of the swim meet because the swim meet is great, but especially as it stretches longer and longer, I think there's a, a limit to the amount people aren't just going to go to the swim meet and go home. And I think in Indy, it's not always, it's not going to be as obvious partially because it's new, but like where the rest of the party is and USA swimming has to be a little careful with that. Right. Because 90 percent of their revenue comes from children um and so they you know they have to be careful in terms of of marketing alcohol and those kind of things um but i think they need to come up with a way to create like a a village that's not the big sponsor based um what are they splash zone i'm not talking splash zone which was weird in 2021 but you know covid and stuff um but they're gonna have to if they can come up with some kind of like a, a swim zone like a, a couple of blocks where all the bars and restaurants are going to be ready and willing to take all the swimming people. I think that would be huge to getting that many people in the seats. I love that perspective. I think that that, I don't know, you know, I don't have no seats, but like whenever I think about like swimming fandom for myself, usually it's like men's in seats, right? As I work with these guys all the time, I really want to go support them. And it's like, I can't just, I can't go on Thursday. I can't give three days to this. It's like something I'm extremely invested in. Yeah, and uh, it's it's hard to say. So it's like whenever I think about trials as a fan, I'm just like, so you have millions of dollars because you can take a week off, you can travel to the city, you can pay the absurd amount of money, like the amount of the, the actual type of person that they're trying to say, hey, you're going to come every night, and you're going to do this beer garden that we may or may not set up. It's just like, oh, that's such a ridiculously small amount of people. Sorry, that's where my mind went. <laughs> but they do get eighteen thousand to Omaha, so they yeah. you know that's not thirty. Well, yeah, that's but like, how many of them are like, oh, you know, little Jimmy qualified by point one? We want to go. So more qualified. I mean, you're not convincing yeah. me that that's not the majority of the crowd, and that's why the trials cuts are so slow compared to like some of the other sports. Our trials cuts are so slow. Yeah, and I think it's just to pump up these numbers, man. I don't know. This is always my my. I mean. It makes sense. <laughs> I, I will say one thing in, in their favor is that I guess kind of similar to Omaha because it's at Lucas oil and not at IUPUI. It's like right downtown, right? I mean, the stadium yeah. is, is in walking distance to that downtown bar area where they can set up a couple blocks or hopefully at least get a few bars where it's like, Hey, th- this is where swimmers go. Yeah. But they, they can't, <laughs> They can't let the swimmers know that because the swimmers don't want to go where the fans are, right, Tom? Well, <laughs> or this is where swim people go. <laughs> I think I partied one night in 16. I can't remember where we went. I thought I think I saw you guys. Like, I was, I've always been around. <laughs> and then 21, I'm, I'm too old for that stuff. Yeah, 21, you were old. I was going to say in 21, I, I think it was different because of COVID, but it was not. <laughs> There, there yeah. was still that one party place that it was kind of a ravey dance club. I don't yeah. remember what it was called, but it wasn't it wasn't like it was before. Uh, Twelve, yeah, to me was like the pinnacle yes. of that because like I it agree. was this first time you guys put the banner up. Yeah, and it was like everybody was in one spot. That was fun. Yeah, it hasn't felt like that since at least the trials. It can be hard to recreate the the magic of the yeah. first one. When, and I think swimming, that's why it's good that they bring back on. 12 vibes. Yeah. Well, I also think like 34 million people watched the 400 I am. <laughs> There's that too, right? Like, it's just like, like <laughs> I've been true. saying, like since 2012, it's been a little, <laughs> like this year at ITT trials. Sorry. I was like sitting around and being like, do you feel like we're like, you go to a house party at like nine or 10 and then you just kind of like keep going. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, oh man, everyone went to the bar. Like, shoot, I should probably catch up. <laughs> that's what the sport feels like to me <laughs> sorry that's, great. Yeah. that's, what, that's how i feel yeah. <laughs> we, t- we talked about world cup we talked about trials let's talk about college meets uh the ut uva meet um which was you know billed as a bigger spectacle meet than most college dual meets was 
I was at the Friday PM session. It was pretty cool. It was a little ISL ish. You know, they had, they had flashing lights. Uh, they were announcing everyone's names. They did, obviously didn't have the big led boards where you could walk out beforehand. Um, they did hundreds of stroke hundred IM mixed foreign or free relay. Um, it was, it was fast paced. It was fun. There was some good energy. So moving forward, and I know we talk about this on this show a lot, but what should college teams pull from ISL um, to make their dual meets, you know, bigger, better, and more exciting and fan friendly? I think there are three like really obvious things that every team in the country can do without a problem. DJ, because there's 17 million DJs in the United States of America right now. Um, a good announcer. It can be. It can be a parent. It can be there. You've got somebody who can do that announcing. Um, when I used to coach in Texas at our state meet, we didn't have it one year, and the next year I asked a dad to do it. He was like, "Yeah, no experience," and he did a great job. So you have somebody that can do that. And three, the pace of the meet. And I know the coaches. Oh, protect, protect the, protect the athlete. Protect the the training, the goals, whatever. You always talk about you don't have any real goals for a dual meet anyway. So I don't think we should pretend like, you know, giving them more breaks somehow protects that goal. So the pace of the meet. And if you want people in those stands, you've got to have pace to your meet. It's got to keep moving. you got to give them something to watch. Yeah, I love all that. I think my only addition to this whole conversation would be I am just thankful. I said this during season two privately that – ISL, success or failure, a lot of problems, especially around marketing. They, they, they admit that themselves. They, we, I would say, proved that point, that there is something that we can be doing. What, some stuff that ISL did was better. And uh, we can swim fast way more frequently and way more back-to-back than people think. Right. Because your and average you spectator. You're not as good. Yeah. Like, you're just not as <laughs> overall as good. Right. Right. The better swimmers had less yeah. trouble with that, right? Like just exactly. the the, uh, the better swimmers just defined not the best yes. breaststrokers, the best whatever, but the better swimmers could do it. Yes. Um, and in defensive USA swimming, why like these short course specialists, like in, in, in short course worlds and like, I think I'm a good use case for them. Like we convinced this guy to out, two little relays, but I helped out the team. You know what I mean? Like I did a job and they convinced me to go do long course and I was able to, and like, the long course, like the better overall swimmers can do both, can figure it out. So like they just want to take care of the better overall swimmers. And they literally say that. And if, <laughs> like, and if, so. your, if your stated goal is to get more butts in the seats, though the the extra butts, like you'll get some, some butts from the local club teams, but most of those extra mm-hmm. butts are going to be people who don't know the difference between a 132.4 200 free and a 132.9 200 free. Um, yeah. So like, don't, don't stress about that. Don't like if the pace costs your swimmers half a second and in 200 mm. free, like don't, don't sweat it. If your goal is to get butts in the stands. Yeah. And I think like the one good swim mythology, I mean, Phelps himself kind of ruined that. I would say just over an eight day meet. So like his like doubles were, you know, like if, but if you actually map through like why people are obsessed with that. It's like, oh, you go 4 a.m. in the afternoon, then in the morning, and then the relay, and then the 200 free that afternoon. There's the only race he ever loses the entire. So he wins every single race from that point forward. Um, he got outtouched in prelims by Mike Tree. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell that story over and over. And, and, like, what's cool is, like, you see this guy, like, losing weight. Like, his skin's redder towards the end of the week. He looks sunken in. He's getting back on the blocks. Like, well, you can tell that story within two hours. And I think like that's what the ISL was able to do with skins. It's like, oh, look at this dude. Like, look how tough he is. And, like, that's what American fandom, like you watch football games, it's like, oh, look at this. Like, JJ Watt died on Wednesday. Or what I don't watch football, but I saw some something on Twitter. We're like, that's what unfortunately, like we're gladiatorial fans. Like, that's what we want to see. So, like the one good swim, we're like, oh, he really pieced that one together. He took 10 strokes and then 10 strokes and then 10 strokes, and then oh, he broke a record. Like, no one cares. Right. And I think and that's what KG knew. And that's where the genius of ISL or, or this type of swimming, that's where I think the fandom can come from. Agreed. Sorry. I mean, if, yeah. if, if, if you go fast pace, if you play to the fans too, right. It's like the Texas filled seats cause they, they marketed it well, but then yeah, no one was concerned about the times, but every time someone from Texas won, everyone was just like, ah! <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I mean, so, I, the only highlight from that whole meet I saw was a uh, Texas dude won and then sat on the lane line, like beat his chest and like played to the <laughs> crowd. And like as a swimmer, I'm just like, all right, dude, come on. But then yeah. as a fan, I'm like, oh, that's probably better. Yeah, <laughs> Like it's probably better that that's the case. And it's like probably how like old hat MLB guys feel about, about like, you know, they're pulling out the, yeah, they're pulling out the Gatorade every single game now. But it's like, well, if it's what the people want. Yeah. Yeah. And we I mean, get over that and swimming a little bit. We've got a little of that country club rules of oh, decorum dude. mentality we need to abandon. absolutely and i am like the worst committer of that sin like i've celebrated one time in 14 and since then like my whole goal if i win is like don't show that it matters to you just be like oh yeah whatever Act like and like use before. that to kind of like yeah, <laughs> twist the knife even more into my competitor it's like dude just celebrate yeah yeah <laughs> i could never bring myself to do it <laughs> yeah i mean we saw celebration admit, i'm willing to admit i'm wrong here we should do a celebration to celebrate the end of Tom's first appearance on the Swim Swim Breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's coming. That's our major news for the week. So let's get down to it. Let's play some sink or swim. First up today on sink or swim, Leon Marchand is undefeated this college season. He's gone 10 for 10 in individual races Will he finish the season undefeated as well? He's got to go through us. So I, I, by definition, I need to say no. Um, <laughs> by us, you mean Cal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, so they they've got very honed in on. Like, they're trying to build. This, I will say, I'm, I'm not a fan of. They're trying to build, like, unsuited dual meet national records. Yeah. That's a bit much. Yeah. Um, I like really honed in on it. And like, I don't, I yeah, don't care about exactly. the suits. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like, that's what I mean. If like, oh, the sun was in my eyes this much, or I, you know, oh, I squatted this much. It's like, how much are we going to pretend? Like you touch the wall first in March or you don't. And I mean, that adds a very cow perspective. So I will, I will gladly step on that sword um, or rake. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he has a great shot. If that's what he wants to do. Cause he's good enough. Like, dude, they're unreal talent. <laughs> I guess swim. He probably wants to do it, <laughs> which is not how you started, but that's okay. Uh, we love it. We love a, a change of heart. Here on... <laughs> now I know the format. Sorry, they did explain yeah, this yeah, to it's... me beforehand, and, I and now you're, you're right good. There. You're good. <laughs> it's a complicated right. format, folks. You you sink it or you swim it. Okay, so here's who they have left. They have the Wolfpack invite. That's NC State. They have Stanford at home. They have Cal at home, and they have Arizona at home. Does Cal? have a 200 breaststroker they have reese and they have liam bell does cal have an imer who's cal's imer dusty gabe if he wants to develop it yeah probably does but but they don't have a they don't have somebody that's going to challenge leon in january i mean Destin did go Probably 138 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2 but yeah exactly yeah. I, but yes i don't think he's gonna we're talking about january 25th anyway. yeah yeah NC State, that's a, a shave and taper meet. Does NC State have an IM or a 200 breaststroker? No. no. Stanford has a Those 200 two breaststroker. holes. <laughs> yeah. Stanford has a 200 breaststroker. I think, to me, if, if they choose to pursue this as a goal, he will achieve it. Right? Like, I think everybody they're racing has enough holes in their lineup. That Wait can- a second. So, Braden gets all the time in the world to say the same exact thing I said? Because he's good <laughs> enough if he wants to do it. He Correct. can do it. Correct. Um, <laughs> okay. But I but I went through who he's got to beat. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, to me, if he chooses his races based on his opponent's holes, he'll do it. So, uh, but I don't think that's Bowman's style. I feel like Bowman's going to put him in, like, 100 free just to watch him lose against Cal. So, I'm going to sink it. Bowman he's... doesn't seem to do the old, like, like Frank did this once. I think Salo did it, too, where they come in. Especially when, like, they love to, like, this is, like, before I was even a Cal, they'll come in, like, suit up not even exhibition just smash like Bowman doesn't really do that kind of stuff. I mean, from what I can see, at least. Right. Yeah. I don't, although, although I don't, he does. Eddie asked I, for suits for the men's men last weekend, which I was surprised. I, yeah. But like he asked changed. and then like both men's team did it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I think that like ever since I met him in 2012 and like we worked on the, what became the step over start at, or sorry, a duel in the pool in 2013, December, 2012. Yeah. 13, December 13. And like he, 
everyone's always like, oh, he's traditional. He does the same stuff. Like, that's what other people say. But every time I've worked with him, he's like so open to like change. And I remember like 2014, 2015, McBroom was saying like, oh, yeah, like Eddie used to think that like um, the jammers was all in their head. But like now we're using them in practice and like da 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 da. And like every time like, you actually hear something Eddie says, he's so down to do like the next thing. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that's like an interesting paradigm for him. I know this isn't, this is King or Sting It. I just put that together, by the way. Um, and we're not doing that at all. And I'm sorry, but <laughs> we're just talking. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like the days, hopefully the days of like, oh, surprise, we're suited, <laughs> like showing up to a dual meet and like not telling the other team you're suited are over. Like, yeah. I haven't, I've heard about that happening a decade ago, but I haven't heard about it, that yeah. anytime Dude, recently. That, that happened in 09 to us. I wasn't here, but I mean, I've heard that, 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 like, the big suit. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, by the way. Oh, <laughs> oh by the way, we're going to break world suit records. Suits, suits. Yeah. And I saw Sonny just posted a video about it, like, like you know, big suiting for dual meets. And I didn't, I only watched the first couple minutes. Um, what before does he Max. know about dual meets? <laughs> yeah and like i think it's just an economic issue right like i don't think that like like if i were to really sit down dave and like really hone in on this question which i just don't do um i think his answer would be like look i just can't fund like 30 dudes suiting up every two weeks well that's why um like mizzou did this a couple years ago right like when Ooh. andy grievers was like we're gonna suit for every dual meet like everyone who duels us you can suit if you want to, you cannot suit, but like, that's what we're going to do. And people were like, Oh, it's so expensive. And it's like, well, if they can afford it, then like, it's not like they're using new suits every single meet. Like they probably yeah. have like one suit for dual meets and then they'll wear it like the whole season or something. But it's just like, if they want to do it, what I don't see the problem. Like I get that it's expensive, but if you can, yeah. if you have the resources, then like, what's the problem? I'm swimming it. I think I think Leon's going undefeated. He went 142 and 152 in the two IM and two breast. I just think he's on another level this season. And I think anything they put him in, he's going to perform. He went 46 and 100 IM. Like, come on, he can do anything. So I, I I don't I don't think anyone Cal Stanford NC State anyone at that invite. I don't think anyone's going to beat him in those events. And I think if the, he gets thrown into like a hundred back or a 200 back or a hundred free, I think he'll rise to the occasion and touch out someone in a dual meet. Or, so. or if Bjorn gets thrown into the 400 AM. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We screw around sometimes. Yeah. We, we noticed that 500. <laughs> Seriously. Was, was ugly. That was awesome. <laughs> okay. Next up. <clears throat> Another undefeated streak. Kyle Chalmers is now seven for seven in his last seven short course meter, hundred freestyles. Will he get win number eight on his home turf in Melbourne at Short Course Worlds? I think he's got more because the ISL. We're not counting the ISL day twos. He 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 just said that this is his like he's won reps. his last yeah, seven. He won four <laughs> World Cups last year and then these three. I think that's what he's referencing. Well, he got, I saw well, the hundred fly last year too, and no one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he will. I mean, I'm going to swim that easy. I think he is an incredible guy. Um, his turns are even better. So if he really wants to string it together, yeah, it's, it's his. His um, turns are better than his personality. <laughs> that's not what I meant. His turns are even better than last year, is what I mean. <laughs> From what I can see. Um, I'm going to swim it. I until we see. Uh, Popovich show up against the when I say the big guys, I mean the literal big guys and do it. Um, I still think there's something to the whole thing we saw at the world championships with him sitting in people's wake and, and that being a problem because he's a smaller guy. Um, so I think until we see that uh, him, him sort of go, get over that hurdle, I think head to head, I'd still take Chalmers. So swim. Yeah, I think this is an easy swim, especially because Popovich is not as proven in short course and Chalmers is the world record holder. So he's pretty proven in that event. Um, yeah, and I think Popovich is pretty much the only one that can challenge him there. I don't think anyone else is on the same level. Uh, Chalmers just has that event dialed in. I mean, I, I, I all respect to Popovich, but... Yes, I think no one can be Chalmers, but I think Moresi will be Popovich. I, I, whether that's a term of focus or like a focus issue for Popovich or a skill issue, 
I just mm-hmm. don't think he's number two, clearly, short course. Because he's not. Because <laughs> he's not. Like, I don't mean to be offensive. He's a great kid. We met him last year at Kazan, and he's like, I could tell last year, because like Chalmers and I literally were talking, he comes up and he just starts asking questions. And he's like, not afraid. And like, when you see a teenager do that, you're like, okay, this guy can like, because there's a lot of problems in like confidence or like, I wouldn't call it necessarily social issues, but like weirdness that can, people can feel coming to the world stage that if you can just eliminate that, like coming in because of like a confidence or ego boost, um, then yeah, that guy can pop off. And so you could just tell like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be really good. Just talking to him. So like, I have nothing against that makes him. Sense. Like, yeah, you're not number two until you're number two. <laughs> I think he'll be number two after Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. Next up. Cody Simpson. <laughs> Speaking of Kyle Chalmers, Cody Simpson oh. is up for the Australia GQ Athlete of the Year Award, <laughs> which our commenters have lots of thoughts on. Uh, so my question is: Are swim fans too salty about this nomination for Cody Simpson? Swim. They are way too salty. It's GQ, right? Like it's not Sports Illustrated. It's not the top athletic performer. GQ is a lifestyle brand. And I mean, this is like Justin Bieber making the Canadian Commonwealth Games team or, you know, showing up at the World Championships for Canada. Like, this is a huge deal. And there has to be a space for somebody who kind of cuts across industries like this in a really impressive way to win awards. Like, he's not the greatest pop singer ever, right? He's not the greatest swimmer ever. But he is the greatest swimmer pop singer ever. And where else does that fit if not GQ magazine? Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> I say this all the time. Like, do we work? Like, does you touching the wall more quickly than someone else bring value in and of itself? Or do we work in entertainment? We work in entertainment. Right. And we're really inefficient. We produce about eight good hours every four years. <laughs> that's, all, that's what we do. Yeah. And like, it's like that I pass butter moment in, in Rick and Morty when like swimmers or swim fans see that something like this happened. And it's like, oh, I'm just doing all this toiling away and it doesn't like, and this person can do this and it brings it way more. It's like, yes, that's true. <laughs> yes. There's no point to what we do. Like there's, and like, they're willing to see it with like the U.S. women's national soccer team, but they're not willing to see it with swimming. And that's sexist. <laughs> it's like, yeah, great for Cody. Like he can do whatever he wants. Um, I'm probably going to root for the people I know and I'm closer to no offense to him. Cause I don't know. I've never met him. If I did meet him and I, and I liked him, I'd root for him. That's how I work in the swimming world. Um, he seems like a good dude and he deserves this award. I don't see that. Like it's the amount of attention you can get on yourself for what you're doing. And like, who cares what your best time is? That's one thing that I learned in my career because my best time's not that good. And I was able to be on a cereal box and I was like, oh, hey, don't think about that. Just <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I never got that. Like a lot of people were mad about that with me. And so that's why I feel sympathetic, I guess. It's like, hey, this doesn't, he's out here growing swimming, like in a, in a country where it's important to do that because it's one, the one Western, super far East country that ha- swimming has primacy in right like yeah all these other countries like we would love someone like that in the united states like yeah but they don't want to swim because swimming's not a cultural phenomenon here and that's why we're not as big of a deal hey tom did you ever just go like hang out in the cereal aisle and hope somebody would ask if that was <laughs> no i actually did the opposite i refused to go to around that because i just like dude it's so hard on a phone call being like yeah i'm gonna make the olympic team knowing it's gonna be a touch between me and my teammate because <laughs> you're on the box before before exactly. yeah. <laughs> so i didn't want to think about that at all like i i never really let that in like i just did i took the line of like cognitive dissonance so i'm going to say this stuff to this agent and to these people and like do these photo shoots and travel and do all this cool stuff and then come home and be like i don't know i might make it because like i had to have that like emotional balance around trousing that's like you look at guys like i think gunner embodies this too where like you have to make it like the most important thing and like really attack it. And, and I think that like, at least outwardly, like that's your Nathan's and your Murph's like the guys who can like hack a lot of pressure. And the, I, I love those guys and I don't know how they deal with it internally, but I've, whereas like Gunner and I put out like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> and like that kind of like helped us care less 
so we could execute better. And that, that was my like mental game moving forward. Um, so yeah, I didn't really let that infect my brain. And so I just wouldn't go to the grocery store. I wouldn't go down the aisles. I would just be like, all right, <laughs> you go in, I'll stay in the car. Cause I just like, just so I don't have to see it. What if you had been be single honest. though? I don't, I mean, there's delivery. We, we do delivery like half the time. It's like the, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I I think that's a great mindset to embody. I hated swimmers that I swam against who would do that behind the blocks. Who'd be like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm just like, I'm so tired. I'm not even going to swim fast." Oh. And then they would kick your butt. You'd just be like, "I guess God, you're a douche." Lofty was like the king of that. <laughs> he would like come into like world championship finals. Not surprise he's me. like not it's even just... on a double, and he'd be like, "Oh, dude, I'm dead. Like, you got to get my back on this one." And then he would go like 44-6 in the 100 free from a swing. And short course is the ones that I would be on him with. And I'd be like, dude, that's Yeah, but, but Tom, he didn't taper for eight years, remember. They were waiting for the Intergalactic Championships, which were uh, delayed by COVID. So, yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, I in response to that, I always say this when people are like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. And then he did this. Or like, oh, the sun was in his eyes this much. I always say that about training. It's like everything anyone's ever done in our sport makes sense. Once you actually know what they've been doing the last five days, the past five weeks, the past five months. Now, what do they do might be better than you can ever do, but it <laughs> always makes sense. So speaking of Lochte, our next topic is uh, we vote. The fans voted. They've, the people have been heard. Uh, Ryan Lochte is, is Michael Phelps's number one rival ever. I'm curious. After Ryan Lochte, who do you see as Phelps's biggest rival? It's Cabbage, and it's not even close to me. Like, I think Cabbage is his number one rival. When people talk Phelps and Lochte, I hear, like, Phelps and Lochte. I hear kind of like a big brother, little brother discussion. When people talk Phelps and Cabbage, it's like those guys hated each other. Those guys are still talking. Like, that, that to me felt like a true sports rivalry. Lochte and Phelps competed for a lot of things. And so in that sense, it's a rivalry. But it publicly it never felt like Phelps Cabbage. Yeah, I would say even Leclo never felt like that, at least in our country. I felt like Leclo was just kind of like that was one like he did a really good job in 12. Our media lambasted him. And then like and then the he, Phelps it, Yeah, and then it like then it went away for four years because they never raised. Um because Phelps was suspended. And then, like, across the pond from each other, they kind of went at each other. But I don't know, maybe it's because I was, like, active, so I wasn't really, like, paying attention to it. Whereas, like, I think a lot of the older ones, like PVH, Cabbage, or um, Australian spacesuit guy. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I looked up to him forever. Sorry, yeah, Thorpe. Like, I think those ones, like, at, at least because that's when my fandom existed in the sport, um, you speak out to me way more. I would say, yeah. I'm I'm going with Tom Shields. <laughs> the one time, and it, and it's not even, dude. The 2014 was such an epic moment. It was so yeah. epic. Uh, I mean, because to me, you were the only guy in our country who could push him during his comeback, and that was so. I mean, that was that was a really cool. That was a really cool time because you really didn't know. It was like, is it going to be Tom? Is it going to be Michael? And there were some really exciting races out of that. Thank you. I think that was fun. I don't think we were rivals. <laughs> I, I don't um, either. <laughs> yeah. To me, I the... think it was more like I was the dying. I mean, I was already 25. So, like, when I look at that period of all of our careers, like my generations, me, like me, Tim, Jimmy, like all these guys who like kind of failed to carry the torch. And I don't mean to speak for them. We all had great careers, but I can speak for myself in our part of a generation where it's like, we watched Phelps and Grievers and Pearsall and Lochte, like these guys born in the eighties, Tony, um, all the way through Nathan. I mean, you could group Nathan in with us if you really want to. And he, and he carried the torch, but like for by and large, our generation, we didn't break an overall record in these two ways from the time suits came in till the last night of my senior year. And that's like the four year period, right? As I was the suits band until 2013, that's my generation. And then the generation after us, I mean, like Murph walks on deck the day I leave, right? In terms of our ages, that generation like took off running again. And like, they are the ones who are the 2016 team. Like you look at the 2012 team, it's Jaeger and Fegan. Like no one else is an NC2A guy 
um, like weird bunch of screw ups, like in terms of like the international <laughs> legacy. Um, and that's how I felt about it. And so like that from like 2013, like Vlad Cordes, um, I tied Phelps' record. I didn't get to break anything, but we finally broke like some overall records or tied them. And then moving through like 2014 where it's like, Oh, Phelps is coming back. Like it's not really our time yet. And then like, I was able to like pop one off and then he just smashed my face into the gutter like 50 times in a row. <laughs> It's like, it was very cool to have that one moment to be like, Hey, we're, we existed this like generate, like it's like the 1984, 1985 born era. That's Pearsall, Lochte, Phelps, Grievers, like that class, like the 1985 class is like the best in history of the United States on the men's side. And so like being six years, five, six years behind them, it was like very, it was very hard not to be like mentally small. So for me, it was just like this one moment where it's like, I, well, I swam. <laughs> Like, that's what that was for me. Because you guys were already good by the time they finished college, right? Like, you're not the Phelps generation per se, because by the time they were 21, 22, entering their primes, you guys were already fast. Like, Tom Shields exactly. was already a very With good zero player. A-team appearances because of – oh, Crocker. Sorry, yeah. that's the other one I was forgetting. Thank <clears> you. Because <throat> uh, Crocker and Phelps, like, yeah. dominant. Like, they were – I mean, you look at, like, from 2004 till now, it's been five guys to represent the hunter fly in the United States, but you take like, and three of them are considered good when that's like what I used to tell, like the numbers, like me and Tyler are like, Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we went and, um, but like, you look at like, you, you know, Phelps and Crocker are like 60% of that representation, like that generation and like the, who built the sport. Like it wasn't not us. It was the generation before us. And like, we can't really talk about swimming in, in that era without talking about that paradigm. I don't even know if there's a, a real rivalry in swimming. No. But, but that's what I talk about to this day because like the 2012 Olympics was so successful. That's where the World Cup funding came from. And so I've always known because I did the World Cups in 13 and 14. And that's what paved my way to landing like a bigger arena contract or Kellogg's contract that may, let me financially. Because I'm not one of these subsidized guys. And like I'll pop off on that now a lot more than when I was younger. But like half the team is their parents buying them an Olympic experience. You know what I mean? That wasn't my path. So like the World Cups is how I did it. And the World Cups got an increase in funding because of one dude. So it's like, are we a sport or are we a person? And I think that answer so obviously we're a person. You know what I mean? Like, like you see these sports that are able to transcend and grow and still have commercial viability past their like progenitor person. Past their like, Michael Jordan, past their Tom Brady, past their LeBron James. Yeah. And you see smaller sports like surfing they found their way you, you know no one's going to be on like the number one tv show or date pamela anderson again but those guys are making tons of money and they're huge where they come from and it's a sport that found its way forward we haven't found our way forward right and in and, and those yeah. kind of x game sports skateboarding is a great example mm -hmm. skateboarders exactly are commercially miles ahead of swimmers and mm -hmm. tony hawk was the guy tony hawk was the michael phelps and tony yeah. hawk is still making commercials and making money but so is everybody else. Yeah. And that's something that I have not seen any evidence of. And that's why I went all into ISL. Like, obviously um, I still have hopes personally. I don't, I know probably I'm the last person. <laughs> After today's news, it's, it's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, I think it was, we had to try something because it's yeah. like, I'm not going to win nine gold medals. Yeah. Like I can look in the mirror and be like, Hey, I'm probably not good enough. So, like that's a pretty easy conversation. So like, what are we going to do? And like, Oh, okay. So like, honestly, if I was really trying to do the best I could as a USA swimming staff member to ensure that trials would do well, all I would do is I would fly to Gainesville and make sure that dude's ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. Speaking of trials, this is our last, it's not even a sink or swim, but last little, little cherry on top for this breakdown. Uh, someone wanted a way too early Olympic trials prediction. So I want your way too early. What's what's one upset that you see happening at the 2024 Olympic trials? One prediction you got for me. Can we cut this for a minute? Because I gotta think. <laughs> yeah. We'll cut out we'll cut out the dead the dead space. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't I did not prepare an answer for this. Colin, give me some names. And you uh, want to think of like right? who's deep enough. Oh, I've got one. Okay. Do you have one, Tom? Are you ready? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a hot take and I don't want to put pressure on it, but I do have one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Claire Weinstein to win the 200 free over Katie Ledecky. Because I think I think 
Katie's going to swim it because she's going to want a relay spot, but I think it's going to be to the point where Katie doesn't get a guaranteed spot in finals unless she swims at trials. Um, and I think Claire Weinstein beats her. That's All interesting. Right. And this is the part where we let talking heads compete for the hottest take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say uh, two tiers here. I think Gabe Jett's going to win the two fly. Um, like through and through hundred percent. Yeah, uh, I know. And then the the hotter take is I think that Cal will maintain both spots in the two fly. Not me. Not me. Well, I mean, Tej is in mission, but he's an alum. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have Dari too. We have some flyers around. Yeah, I like I like that this. Gabe Jet pick. He's got yeah. he's got the bloodline. He got momentum, man. So much talent. <laughs> I thought that. Uh, it's true. Um, no, and he's got the mindset. Like he's uh, he's a hothead. I love him. Um, but when I first got to Cal, I was like, all right, dude, you gotta, you can be this loud, but you gotta produce. And then he immediately started producing and I was like, great, <laughs> cool. Continue to be loud. So Tom Shields is <laughs> responsible for game. No, 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 no. <laughs> I have done almost nothing to help him, <laughs> to be honest with you. You pace him into a hundred flies next to him while he's doing 200 flies. So you can get dude, I have not, <laughs> I have not done a good fast practice at Cal like top to bottom. Like I can pop off like a good swim here or there, but I haven't trained like I used to train the entirety of Gabe's career here. Um, it's a problem we're trying to address right now, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Gabe was just, he came in, he, he, like I was saying with Papa Vichy, he's not afraid to come up and like say something. He's not afraid to like believe in himself. He's not afraid to show that outwardly. And um, that's what you need to be good at this. So he's got it. That's all I meant by that. Man, well, my prediction was also in the men's tuner fly. I think Thomas Heilman's going to win it. I, I mean, it's a vulnerable event, right? That. Like, that's a good event to oh, pick. Yeah. Because we have some good yeah. guys in it, but we don't have a 152 in it. It is a good event to have a hot take because yeah. you can say almost anything and everyone's like, whoa, dude, what about this guy? <laughs> It's so it's true. funny because like it's such a good <laughs> event for us historically, and then you take one person away, and we have no. <laughs> I was very aware of that <laughs> as I was training for. We're working on it. <laughs> um, all right, that's our breakdown for the day. Tune in every week right here for your week's news in swimming on the Swim Swam Breakdown. We gotta do our, our chest thumbs, Tom. Do it. Oh yeah, I'm sitting on the list. Yeah, Tom Shields. I'm a down. <laughs>